If you will, just indulge me just for a few moments. Uh, by way of introduction, I want to uh, kind of tell you um, a part of the way this title came to my mind. My wife and I have been married now for 13 years. We're clapping for you, actually. My wife can lie, cheat, and steal every day of her life and still go to heaven. She dealt with me for 13 years, and she's still here. Um, but uh, I remember when, when uh, I was, uh, how old was I when I got married? You were 21, I was 23, right? And so I was 23, and uh, every single day in Rockford, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, every single day uh, when we lived up there before we got married, I would go to the YMCA and play basketball with uh, my boys. And uh, I remember when we got married... Um, I was playing basketball just like I always do, and, and one of the guys was like, hey, you're married. You got to go home. I was like, I am the man of the casa. I go home when I say I go home. I'll get home when I get home. And uh, they were like, whoa, yeah, you know. And uh, I distinctly remember we lived in a, in a duplex, a one-bedroom duplex. You could vacuum the whole duplex without pulling the wire out of the wall. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I remember walking in, and uh, I remember thinking, Allie! It was like, Lucy, I'm home. Allie, I'm home! And uh, you ever, guys will probably understand this. You ever feel a chill in the air? <laughs> it's like, something's wrong. So I'm just going to blow it off. I remember going to the kitchen. Hey, 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 we're married. Let's do what we do. (laughs) All right, let me pray. Dear Jesus, help me this to get better. Uh, but I, re- I distinctly remember that day because she was not in the mood. And I said, are you okay? Are, is everything all right? Are you okay? And she said, I'm fine. <laughs> it was at that moment that I realized when men and women do not communicate the same way. Because if I ask another dude, how are you? And he says, fine. That means Fine. If I ask a female and they say, fine, (laughs) that does not mean fine. See, after 13 years of being married, I know some of you have been married longer than I have, but after 13 years, I have come to the conclusion that I think at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, older women take younger women out of their homes... You take them to a secluded area that nobody knows about, and you guys begin to discuss womanhood. And there's certain phrases and words and dialogue and, 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 and compound sentences and other fancy stuff like that, that they, they don't mean what you think they mean. And I remember her saying, fine, and I re- that does not mean fine. And, and, you know, just last week I told Allie, I said, Allie, I, I know I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. I'm not as smart as, as what I present myself as. <laughs> I don't know when fine really means fine. I said this last week. If you want me to clean the dishwasher, say, will you clean the dishwasher? 
That's when I'll know I'm supposed to clean the dishwasher. I don't know when it's my turn. It's not on my mind. I'm not thinking, you know what? I should probably clean. I don't know when you're tired. I know I should know when you're tired, but I don't know. I should know. I know. I know. You always say you should know. And I should know, but I don't know. This was a real conversation last week. I said, Allie, I do not know what I am supposed to know. I don't know. I, and, and I just, and, and here comes the title. Can we just like be honest about how we're feeling? What I love about God is that God does not beat around the bush. He just puts it in black and white. Just with, with God, there are, there's no gray. There is no 50 shades of gray. I had to go there just once. There, there's no grayer. It's black and white. What he likes, this is what I like. Watch this. this, this he put it in black and white. It's like 16 words. Watch this. This is what he likes. Watch this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He's just saying, this is what I want. He's saying this. Frankie International Version. I want you to love me with every fiber in your body. I want you to love me. I want you to live for me. I want you to think about me. I want you to be crazy about me. I want you to wonder what I like and try. I want you to love me. That's, that's what he's saying. Amen. And what's, what's it incredibly awesome about God is not only does he tell us what he likes and what he loves he also tells us what he does not like. He's just straight out about it. Watch, let's unpack this. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Now you can use that verse. There you go. Pull that one up. The first thing he says, these six things I hate, seven I detest. In other words, the first six, I hate them. The seventh one, though, I don't, I don't even have words to describe how much I hate that one. But, but watch this. The, the first one is haughty eyes. Uh, this is incredibly awkward for me to preach about because um, when it comes to haughty eyes and it comes to this list, um, I am just going to talk about me for the next few moments. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about me. Um, I am guilty of that. I have done this. So, you know, I did it this morning. Okay. This morning I, I, I woke up real early and I was driving to church and it was five o'clock in the morning and there was nobody on the roads. I was driving to church this morning. It, there was one person on the road in front of me <laughs> driving 12 miles an hour. <laughs> nobody on the roads. One other person, 12 miles an hour. And I told myself, I said, look, it's Easter. Be full of love. Like, relax. Church isn't going to... You're four hours early. Just relax. <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. I could not take it anymore. I passed the guy, but here's the problem. I didn't just pass him. If you're here, I'm sorry. <laughs> just so you know. 
when I passed them. And in case he has x-ray vision and he can see my, my review mirror, I'll look at him again. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what is haughty eyes? Haughty eyes is this pr- prideful, arrogant look like I deserve better than this. That's, that's why I, I deserve for you to talk to me better than this. Look at me. I, that's... I don't think I need to unpack that. I think we got that one. Lying tongue. God says, I, I, I want to be abundantly clear. Liars make me mad. Here's the thing. If you can look at my history, my mouth has been filthy so many times. And lying is, is, is kind of like uh, ruffles with ridges. You, you can't eat just one ruffle. <laughs> see how that, you see that? I practice that. Ruffles. Every lie is linked to another lie. And it's linked to another lie. And how many times have I lied? Oh my goodness. I'm glad you don't know. Just take my word for it. A lot. This is humiliating. In fact, I don't even like this part of the service because I'm the pastor and this is awkward. Uh, Hands that shed innocent blood. I've only killed a chipmunk my whole life. Shot him with a BB gun. He didn't even die. I paralyzed the poor thing. (laughs) I was seven. (laughs) Heart that devises wicked schemes. Have you ever planned? I've got Italian blood running in my veins. Have you ever planned? Oh, (laughs) I'm I'm so glad you did that because now I'm going to get to show you what it's... I I can be more hateful than you can be. You, You want... This is me. A feet that rush to evil. I'm a preacher's kid. Enough said about that, huh? <laughs> you know, like, like you, I've, many of you, I was raised in the church, and I know when I am too far away. Many of you in this room, you know when, you know when you're too far away. You, you know. Now, some of you, this is your first time in church, and you're still trying to figure things out, and that's okay. Um, that's totally cool. But many of you have been in church long enough to know when, when you are too far away. You, you, you're, you're playing around. And when you're playing around, and I know this from experience. I'm talking about me. This is on my neck. This is not on your neck. I'm talking about me. I'm going to hurry up and do what I'm going to do. Because I don't like feeling convicted. I don't like feeling bad. So I'm just going to hurry up and do it. God says, I, I, hate, I hate that. Um, a false witness who pours out lies. I've done that. Now here's number seven. This is the one that gets him so fired up. This is six things I hate. Seven I detest. Here, here's it. Dissension amongst the brothers. In other words, people who are Christians talking about other Christians. Whoo, whoo. He gets fired up. And here's the thing. I'm standing here with this on my chest because do you have any idea how awkward it is to feel God pull your heart and go to church when you know good and well you've done all these things? 
See, there's some of us in this room, you don't even want to come to church because you're not going to be that fake person. I've done all these things and more, and I'm not going to show up to church and pretend like I'm a Christian, so I'm just not going to come at all. See, anytime we think this and anytime this gets echoed in our mind, I just want to let you know, that is not God speaking to you and it's not God speaking to me. Because that is Satan echoing all of these things because Satan doesn't want us to realize why this is not God's voice. This is why. When you come before God, and you begin to pray. There's this verse. Go ahead and come on up here, Brother Dwayne. It reads like this. That to him that loved us and washed us from our sins, washed us in his own blood. Do you realize that Satan is colorblind? Those of you that are wearing a red shirt, a blue shirt, a pink shirt, a yellow shirt. I just want you to know when God sees you, He only sees red. He does not see all the sins that we've committed over and over again. He's not looking at you and He's mad and angry. No, 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 no. The moment, the moment we say, I'm sorry. It's like this precious blood. We can't see it. Sometimes we can feel it in our spirit, but we can't feel it physically. But the moment, whether you're laying in your bed, whether you're in your car, whether you're at the office, whether you're walking down the hall, the moment you just say, I am so sorry. When God looks at you, he only sees red. He doesn't see all of our sins. He only sees you dripping with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And anytime you feel like the worst sinner or a bad sinner or a filthy sinner, you just say, thank you, Jesus. You don't see those things. The only thing you see is red. Would you give God a round of applause for that? Isn't that awesome? Because of this wonderful expression of love that God did. There are three things that I believe, according to the scriptures, three things that are proper responses that we need to express to Jesus. And we need to be laser focused about these responses. Number one is that we have got to be completely and utterly laser focused on cultivating three things. Number one is faith. Number two is the plan. And number three is our heart. Faith, plan, heart. Faith, plan, heart. We got to cultivate our faith, cultivate God's plan, and cultivate our heart. Let me unpack it in just a few moments. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, it reads like this. Right before Jesus left, right before he rose from the grave and went to heaven forever uh, until he comes back, he looks at his disciples and he says this, I am always going to be with you. 
And see, that, my friends, requires faith because we can't see Jesus. We can't touch Jesus. We can't sit down and have espresso with Jesus. We can't see him with our physical eyes. But just because we can't see him, it doesn't mean that he's not present. He says, I'm always with you. In Psalms 56, 9, he says this, every time you pray, the tide of your battle changes. So not only am I with you, every time you pray, the tide of your battle is going to change. Now that requires us saying, well, that's hard for me to believe, but I'm going to be committed to cultivating and building my faith. I'm going to be committed to building my belief system. And how do you do that? By hearing and hearing of the word of God. That's reading scriptures. And and for those of you that aren't big readers, just come to me. I'll read it out loud. And we build our faith. Let me see if I can illustrate this a a better way. Because a lot of people... um, say they have faith, but let's see if we can unpack it a little bit. (laughs) You know what's awkward is I'm not the only one in this room with a gun. (laughs) We in Texas, friend. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, All right. Let's let's get to work here. Um. How many people here think that I can hit that balloon with one shot? Go ahead. Raise your hand real high. I want to see it. Go ahead. Raise it up real, real high. One shot. One shot. How many people here, you believe in me so much? You're willing... To hold it in your hand. (laughs) Come on, let me see you. Put your hand up. Let me see you. You're willing. Come on, you believe in me. You you think I could shoot. You're willing to hold it in your hand. Come on, put your hands up real high. Real high. Let me see you. Keep your hands up. (laughs) You believe in me so much, you're willing to put this in your teeth. (laughs) Come on, let me see you. What happened? I got with somebody keeping their hand up real high. Come on up here. Come on up here real quick. Come on up here. Give her a big round of applause, everybody. Adam, will you hold this balloon just for one second? I, I want to meet this person. I'm going to need that. Okay. Come on up here. Come on up here. Have we met before? What's your name, sweetheart? Destiny, boy, that is the most perfect. God is in this place, isn't he? Destiny, destiny. All right, um, let's take care of some paperwork real quick. Our attorney said that we got to have you sign a waiver. It's okay. No, don't, don't worry about reading it. Just this is... This one sentence is the only thing you got to care about, okay? It says, this agreement shall encompass claims resulting from any actions that may give rest to a claim against Celebration Church. But that says right there. Yeah. That's right, destiny, and result of BB gun demonstration. <laughs> so just sign right there, 
Our attorney said we had to do this. I'm a good shot. Don't worry about it. All right, good, good, good. All right, let me see that balloon. Okay, Destiny, why don't you come right over here? Just stand right in front of that black wall right there. And just, just pinch it right in your teeth ever so slightly, but don't pop it. Here, come on. Here, I'll help. Uh, there's some wires over here. Just stand right in front. There you go. There you go. Just, just pinch it right in your teeth. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pinch it just right in your teeth. No, no, no. The balloon part. That way it'll stay still. No, just the balloon part. Just, just, just pinch it. No, no, no. Here, just, just bite that part right there. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. But stand sideways, though, because... Yeah, stand sideways. There we go. God is here. It's okay. This is destiny. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Pinch it. Close your eyes. Put your hand. Put your hands behind your back just in case you flinch. Close your eyes. All right, you got your eyes closed? Don't move. Shh. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Give Destiny a big round of applause, will you? Yeah, you are wonderful. You are so wonderful. You are so, so wonderful. Go ahead and have a seat. You can come back, aren't you? Let me just see what would have happened. Let me just see. You know, you guys, uh, I like talking to, to an intelligent congregation because you already know where I'm going. See, a lot of you believed in me, but when it came right down to it, <laughs> well, see, oh yeah, you can shoot that balloon, it's as big as Dallas. Are you willing to hold it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. See, a lot of us say we believe in God. A lot of us say we have faith in God. But when it gets right down to it, and we come straight to your house. We're not at 6565 Research Force anymore. We come straight to your house. And now you are sitting in your kitchen, and you're thinking about your marriage, and you're thinking about your kids, and you're thinking about your finances. And we're not here. We're not with you. We're not singing. We're not praising. It's not Easter Sunday. It's Monday. 
It's Monday. It's, it's, it's Thursday. Now, do you really have faith in Jesus Christ? Do, do you really, do you really, really, really? Because here's the thing. It is our responsibility to back up within ourselves and say, I am having the hardest time believing in you, but I've come to the place that everything depends on who I depend on. Everything depends on who I depend on. When things are not going well inside the family, who are you depending on? Are you depending on your wife to make this better? Are you depending on your husband to make this better? Are you depending on all of a sudden people that are in the oil business are going to somehow miraculously the barrel of oil is going to go up? Who, who do you depend on? Because here's the thing. I feel the presence of God right now, so I'm just going to go ahead and follow it. Everything that you believe is stable and certain is going to be shaken. Everything. Let, let me just follow my heart for a second. I, I just need to. Four years ago, Governor Perry ran for president. And he was talking about how if you let me be the president, I'll be able to get our economy back on track. Look at the state of Texas. It's got the best economy in the entire state, in the entire union. We're the bubble. Four years later, the barrel of oil drops to the basement. Now, all of a sudden, we're not so proud and arrogant anymore, are we? Now we're, oh boy, oh, oh boy, oh boy. You got to hear me say this. Whatever we believe is certain. And wherever we get our confidence from, I'm telling you, it is going to be shaken to the core. It's going to get shaken to the core. I don't care what it is. My wife went to Vancouver. She's spending time with her father. Last week, hasn't seen him in months. Daddy, how's it going? I've got stage four cancer. Let me just tell you, everything in your life and everything in my life that we just put our security in, it's going to get shaken to the core. And you and I are going to have to back up and say, where's our faith level? Uh, God is going to arrange an appointment for all of us to make that decision. What do you believe in? You're going to have to answer the question. What do you believe in? He's done his part. He has been as honest as he knows how to be. He has said, this is what I like, and this is what I don't like, and I love you, and I'm going to shed my blood for you. I'm going to cover every sin that you've ever done, but you're going to have to be honest back. You're going to have to be back. You're going to have to tell me, do you love me and are you going to put everything that you know and believe on me are you going to put all your chips on red what are you going to do here's the thing i know some of you are new 
to celebration. This is your first time somebody dragged you to church. We've got some CEOs in the congregation today. Christmas and Easter only. You know who you are. I'm, don't feel bad. I'm happy you're here and I want you to get a mug. When you leave, I'm happy you're here, so don't feel bad. I'm happy you're here. So it doesn't matter if you've come to church 52 times last year or if this is your first time in the last 100 years. We're all in the same boat. You and I both are going to have to come to Jesus at a certain point and say, I believe in you. And here's the deal, folks. I'm anointed to preach this, but I got to live it just like all of you. I got to live it just like all of you. My wife came up here and she started talking and we're all like... She's anointed to preach it, but she's got to live it just like all of you. Her dad has stage four cancer. We're not immune to this. All of us. And I want to say it again. Everything depends on who you depend on. And let me say this just for the person in the congregation. I know I need to say this for somebody. You're a little bit mad at God. You're a little bit mad at God. You're not going to say it out loud. You're a little bit mad at him. You're coming to Easter because you know you need to, but you're a little bit mad at him because he didn't answer that particular prayer. You're okay with him not saying yes all the time, but that time he was supposed to say yes. And so now what are you and I going to do? What are we going to do? Because he hasn't said yes to me every time either. What are we going to do? Are we going to have faith? Are we going to keep on doing the right thing? Are we going to keep on stretching our heart? Are we going to have faith or are we going to go, oh, it's not so much? Faith is a fight. Yes. It's not, it, faith is not one of those things you just wake up and, oh, I'm going to walk on water today. <laughs> it's a fight. Number two, first of all, we've got to fight for our faith, cultivate our faith. Number two is to cultivate that plan. See, God stood up, Jesus stood up and said, I've got a commission for you. I've got an assignment for you. I, I don't care if you work at the White House or if you work at the snow cone stand that I worked at. That was my first job on Wallaceville Road on the east side of Houston. I don't care if you work at the snow cone stand at Walmart. I don't care where you work. Every day you wake up, you have an assignment. Every single day you have an assignment. Because God wants to just ooze through you. He wants you to be kind to the person that is on their last leg. He wants you to give a word in due season, a word of encouragement. He wants to use you. And every morning you wake up before you ever even open up your eyes. You know how you start thinking about your day before you open up your eyes? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? You just lay there and say, God... You have a plan for me today. I want to do that plan. Because here's the thing. We got to embrace this all the way. The business of every day should be to prepare for our last day. Here, here's an illustration I, I did a long time ago. And, and I just want to do it again real quick. Um, imagine this rope is a timeline of eternity. Eternity. This... I can pull this rope all the way to, to Tokyo. I can take this rope and go all the way to the moon and wrap it around the moon 50,000 times. This is, this is a timeline that is never going to stop. You, you are the Highlander, okay? You're never going to die. 
It's going to go forever and ever and ever. But this little point right here, this red point at the tip of the rope, this represents our life here on earth. And, and what is so embarrassing is we get so caught up about this portion here on earth. And we think, when I get to this red line right here, I, I need to have this amount of money. If I don't have this, I'm going to retire when I get to this. And, and we spend our whole life thinking about this red line right here. When God's got an assignment for us on this red line. And it's going to echo forever and ever and ever and I just want to let you know it does not matter where you work or where you live every morning you wake up you have an assignment and the business of every day is to be ready for that that last day why am I talking about this because Jesus did so much for us our proper response is to say I'm going to cultivate that faith to the very best of my ability and whatever plan you have for me is important to me my third and last and final point is to cultivate our heart. Cultivate our heart. Because here's why heart is, the heart issue is such a big deal. Because pride is the one sickness that the more you have of it, the less you think you have. It's the only one. It, watch this. If you have a gambling problem, chances are you know it. doesn't matter what the problem is, you're aware of it. Pride is the one thing, the more you have of it, the less you think you have. And pride is that little voice inside that says, I deserve better than her, and I deserve better than that. And I, you know, I'm not going to say it out loud, but I think the world revolves around me. <laughs> if we're going to be honest about the situation, the more you have of it. And now watch this. This is so important. Because pride changed angels into demons. And humility can change men into angels. Let that resonate. Let us take responsibility and say, oh God. I don't, I don't know how this prideful heart of mine, I'm not speaking for you, I'm speaking for me. I don't know how this prideful, arrogant heart of mine could ever be humble, but if you could help me, I sure would appreciate it. I'm going to close on this last thought. Um, Jesus had 12 disciples. Um, and, and the two that I want to talk about is uh, Judas and Peter. Now, Judas is an interesting guy because Judas betrayed Jesus. How many people here have a friend named Judas? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody names their kid Judas. <laughs> hey, what do you want to name your kid? I, I'm thinking Judas. <laughs> huh? Nobody names their kid Judas. Why? Judas betrayed Jesus. Everybody knows that. You don't name it. He's the betrayer. What's the difference between him and Peter? How many people have ever met a guy named Peter? We got no problem with Pete, do we? We got no problem with Pete. Judas, boo, Pete, yeah. What's the difference between Pete and Jew? 
called calling me out Isaiah because <laughs> that's the only part of that song I know <laughs> I work alone by the way <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody has a problem with Peter everybody's got a problem with Judas they both betray Jesus let's compare and contrast the two guys both of them had the same life group They met more than once a week in a home, same guys. Both of them followed Jesus. Both of them betrayed Jesus. Both of them. It's fascinating, though, because there was one distinct difference between the two. Judas took his sins to the grave. Peter took his sins to Jesus. It's the only difference. Why did Judas kill himself? Because he was remorseful. But there is a difference between being remorseful and being repentant. Remorseful is, oh, I should have never done that. Repentant. I don't ever want to do that again. It's the difference between the two. See, in this day and age, there are Judases just by sheer percentages and ratios. There's Judases all over the world today. Judases that go, I know what I'm doing, God does not like, but it is what it is. I know. What I'm doing, God does not like. I feel bad about it. I do. I promise. I feel bad about it. But it is what it is. It's Judas. Peter. Man. We connect to Peter, don't we? Because we all mess up, don't we? Peter and Jesus had a meeting. After Peter betrayed Jesus, they had a meeting. And it's probably the most touching conversation in the entire Bible. Because it happens something like this. Just give me some poetic liberty. Jesus. I am so sorry. I, I don't even know how to say how sorry I am. I promised you I wasn't going to do it. I did it anyway. Not only did I do it once, I did it twice. I did it twice. I did it three times. And then I ran. When you needed me the most, I wasn't there. I, I wanted you to be able to count on me. I may, I, I'm so sorry. Man, I'm, I'm so sorry. Peter. That's why I died. That's don't feel bad anymore. Don't I, that don't 
Don't ever bring it up again. That's why I die. See, Judas, he was consumed with money. Peter was consumed with reconciliation. Jesus was consumed with people. He says, do you still love me, Peter? I'm sorry. Now, I, I know you're sorry, and that's over. Do you still love me? Because if you still love me, I, I need your help. I need you to go tell everybody about what I just did. I need you to please tell everybody what, what I just did. Don't, don't get so consumed in your life, Peter, because I, I need you. I, I need you. I, I need you. See, there's a difference between being remorseful. I know he doesn't like it, but it is what it is. I just need to say this. Uh, this is one of those moments where I'm going to regret it when I get home, but I just need to say it anyway. There are so many of us, we know what's in the Bible. We know. But you know what? We're going to do it anyway. And I'm just, it's, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. I want to let you know, and I mean this with love, I mean this with love. That is the voice and echo of a Judas. The voice and echo of a Peter is, I know what's in the Bible. I'm not doing it. Not only am I not doing it, but I think I'm going to mess up more. I don't even know what. I... Jesus offers two things. Mercy, he forgives you. Grace is the strength to change. See, when I was 17, I used to drive a Honda Civic down Normandy on the east side of Houston heading to I-10. I distinctly remember banging the steering wheel, yelling to God, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. I will never, ever. And I promise you, if it wasn't that night, I did it again. What's the difference? I needed grace. I needed some strength where I didn't have it. And that's what Jesus offers. He says, look, Peter, I've got mercy to forgive you, but I also have grace. And that's when we're honest and we say, I need you. Why don't you just put your eyes on the screen? Take a look at this video. Truth is harder than a lie. The dark seems safer than the light.
convinced that Jesus does not know how to be any more honest than what he has been. He's put everything that he wants in black and white. He wants you to love him back. He wants you to come to him and say, I am done. Yeah, I need to follow that just real quick, just 30 seconds. I just want to ask some of you, you've been ignoring God, you've been ignoring him, you've been ignoring him, you've been ignoring, you feel the pull, you feel the tug. Can I ask you, are you done yet? Are you, are you done yet? Are you done done or you still you still got some playing to do I think I think a lot of you are done I think you're done I think I think Easter Sunday 2015 you're done you've uh, you've seen it all haven't you haven't you You've, you've seen it all You've seen it, seen it all, seen it all, and you're done. 